hundred percent, you guys are separated by your culture. You know, it's a dugout atmosphere. You're training hundreds of baseball players. It starts with the athlete. It doesn't start with the coaches, in my opinion. You know, as, as many times as coaches try and set the culture, the athlete is essentially the one that takes over the culture. Once you hammer those cues, and every kid's got a different cue. That, that's one thing you have to, if you're an infield guy or pitching guy or hitting guy, I mean, you have a different cue for each position, each yeah. player. Yeah. They're different players. Same thing in the weight room. You, you got to know your kids. You got to get to know them and what works best for them and how they react to it. That's that's the biggest thing. But at the end of the day, we're, we're all working the basic movements. And, you know, if we can master those, kids stay healthy, they have success. And next thing you know, you're, you win an ass championship. So. Yeah. <laughs> You're dialed in to the ABCA's Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, connecting our coaches with some of the best baseball minds in our game. Now here's your host, Jeremy Sheetinger. Broadcasting from the ABCA National Office here in Greensboro, North Carolina, Welcome back or welcome to our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. This is your baseball coaching source for certified audio gold and the place where you come to connect with the very best baseball minds in our game. We're on a constant search here for the better way. New language, collecting varying opinions and philosophies from successful coaches so that we can take those in, keep what we want, and challenge our current bank of knowledge about this game. So if that sums you up to a T, then you are in great company with the thousands of loyal listeners around the world, and welcome to this week's show. Double check and make sure that you are subscribed to this show on your phone, your computer, or your tablet. You can always find us wherever podcasts are free. Leave us a review or a rating. We always love to see those come in and find creative ways to share this show. Keep spreading the word through your baseball community. Connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Find us at ABCA1945. You can also head over to our website, abca.org, if you're looking for more information about what our baseball coaching fraternity here is all about. Also, please feel free to reach out to me directly on Twitter and Instagram at CoachSheets3 or by email Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at abca.org. You know, we are only a few weeks away from the conclusion of this fall's Barnstormers Clinics Tour which has been our grassroots approach to growing baseball and reaching more coaches with educational clinics and ultimately bringing those communities together for a day at the ballpark. And we get to connect with so many guys who are dedicated to these shows, and it's, promise you, nothing short of overwhelming. So thank you. And to hear those coaches starting at episode one and working their way up the list or coaches blasting these in their cars and finding out that their wives aren't as into my voice as they are, or passing these down to their players. That's been great. Hearing how these shows are blaring in their locker rooms. It's the reason we get up in the morning, boys. And these will always be there for you, the coaches in the trenches. And we appreciate each and every one of you guys for checking these out. Also need to send a shout out to our great friends over at AstroTurf, the leaders in the clubhouse for the turf industry. And we appreciate their support of this podcast. They saw the opportunity to get behind this platform and reach more coaches and provide educational content that can keep challenging coaches to grow and develop. And we're certainly grateful for AstroTurf and their efforts. Now they've got great products too. What they're doing for baseball parks around the country, given that no mow, no grow, no H2O solution that can help you and your team find some peace of mind. For more information, head over to their website, astroturf.com. That's astroturf.com. And find out why AstroTurf has been ahead of the curve for over 50 years. 
So with this week's show, we go back into the strength and conditioning world to bring this topic to our coaches. And it's one that we always get asked about. Can we do more of these shows? And we wanted to give you two of the best that are out there to help us with that. We welcome in DJ Edwards from Push Performance out in Colorado and Blaine Kinsley from the University of Arkansas baseball program. And we unleash both those guys over the airwaves and they drop their perspectives across all fronts inside the weight room. Now we open up coming back from injuries and rehab to coaching specific movements, assessments, that's one coaches ask about what to look for, and also creative ways to train if you don't have a huge budget or top-notch facilities. We also detail out where we are right now, the off-season time in our schedule, and how we can start preparing for the season, which again, guys, if you didn't realize, is right around the corner. These guys were awesome, fully transparent, and they shared any and everything they have because it's all in the name of growing other coaches and helping this community of learners. So once again, we find ourselves, guys, in a take feverish note situation. So grab the pen, grab the paper, dive into this episode as we connect with Push Performance's DJ Edwards, Blaine Kinsley from the University of Arkansas, as these guys jump on our call as our guest on this week's Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. Get ready, coaches. This great show is coming at you right now. Coaches, thanks for dialing into our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. We're heading back into the strength and conditioning world with two guys I've been paying attention to for quite a bit of time and noticing how they go about their business. More importantly, what they're willing to share and the spirit in which they're sharing it, which again, make them perfect fits for what we're doing here on our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. First of all, I want to welcome in Blaine Kinsley, the strength and conditioning coach at the University of Arkansas for the baseball team. Blaine, thanks for jumping on the call with us. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. What an opportunity. We're excited to have you. You're also welcomed by DJ Edwards, the owner and director of performance at Push Performance out in Colorado. DJ, thanks for jumping on with us. Appreciate it, Sheets. Uh, quite an honor. We're excited to have both of you. And I got to get this out in the forefront again. Zach Dakent came on our show, great friend of the show and, and a personal friend and uh, crushed his podcast months ago. And so we've been really looking for the right mix of folks to bring on to this podcast and have a great conversation. I go right to who I know and I who I trust. And, and Zach obviously comes out of the woodwork with, you've got to get on DJ, you got to get on Blaine. These are two guys that can really uh, do great things for your coaches. So again, you come with high high compliments and high regard. And I know that you're going to show up on this show. And we're excited to have this convo. And where we kind of start everything off and, and what really matters, I think, for our listeners is they need to know where you're coming from. They kind of have to have your perspective of he's been here, he's been there, and now this is what's formed his opinions. Blaine, I want you to start this one off. When you look back at your career, can you take us through just a, just a glance at the stops that you've made, where you've been groomed? And then I think the big piece of that question is, if you looked at every stop, what's been the major lesson that when you packed up your bags and moved on that you took with you? All right, so you know, I started, I played football and baseball for a D2 school. Uh, in Hickory, North Carolina, Lenore Ryan University. Mm-hmm. Uh, following there, I, I worked in NASCAR. I worked for Hendricks Motorsports, uh, training our pickers. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that was, that was a pretty cool spot with uh, Jimmy Johnson and Gordon and Martin and Earnhardt Jr. And, uh, took away a lot from that from Mark Morrison, head guy there, great yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, following that, I went and worked for the Cubs for two years in the Midwest League. Um, after that pro ball stint, I took a job at East Carolina University four and a half years. I was a uh, Head baseball and assisted with football. Mm. Um, following that stop, uh, I took a job upper management with the Cardinals, helping big league camp. And uh, I was in Double A affiliate in the Texas League in Springfield, Missouri. And 
Now I'm very fortunate to work for the, the best head coach in the country, Dave Van Horn, here at the University of Arkansas. Um, you know, I've had a couple spots uh, you know, I've, I've been at, and I think the major the major thing that I've taken away, you know, there's not one plan or one tool that will make or break the athletes program. Mm. You know, it's 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 more about getting to know the people and having communication with all the aspects of the staff and support staff. You know, once wow. once you have everybody that has a good communication, you have a successful program. I mean, that's that's just the that's just the facts. So. Sure. How did that personally, that communication element, how did that personally kind of challenge you? Are you a pretty outspoken guy? Are you pretty, you know, uh, extroverted or did it make you kind of come out of your shell or at least look at those relationships from a communication standpoint, look at them a little bit differently? Yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty uh, straightforward guy. I don't yeah. really sugarcoat anything. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think it's just my personality. It's helped, you know, all the spots I've had that I build that relationship with the players and the coaches I've worked with where, uh, you know, it's, there's a trust factor. You know, there's yep. in the game, you got to trust your teammates. And that's the same thing as the coaching staff. You know, you got to trust who you're around. So uh, mm. yeah, I've been very fortunate to work for guys that uh, have been very open and very forward and loyal and, um, you know, trusted me. So gotcha. I will tell you this, man, before we get rocking and rolling, your beard game is always strong. So I'm always <laughs> paying attention uh, how I can get better at my beard game. And uh, when it comes to bandanas, man, there's not too many guys that wear them as good as you do. So uh, I'm going to hold you up on this pedestal over here. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit later. Uh, I appreciate it. DJ, same question, man. <laughs> look back at your career. Uh, and again, the stops along the way, I think, are so huge when you can look back and, and really pull the wisdom out of those places and go, man, I really needed that lesson. I brought that with me take us through your career and then pull those lessons out for us yeah so i'm you know kind of like blaine i uh played division two baseball as well you know went to school for exercise science was you know just kind of figuring out what i wanted to do with my life and i i had to start with the why i always start with the why of what we do right so why why do i want to get into strength and conditioning why do i want to own a business why do i want to you know help guys out what do i want to do so uh, first stop for me was honestly, I worked at a 24 hour fitness. A lot of people don't know that. Um, yeah. and I working with the general population, it was absolutely brutal. Um, not because of the general population, but just because of the, uh, the fact that, you know, I was getting micromanaged in the way I had to coach and my personality and, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And, yep. you know, that, that wasn't my why. Um, I opened up, uh, uh my first location after renting uh, space from uh, a few guys, um, a few different gyms, and developing work, uh, working relationships with other athletes, other baseball players, um, found a business partner, um, opened up a facility with him. Mm-hmm. That went south in about less than a year. Um, he didn't have the same uh, vision I did, and he wanted he was more, wanted more of you know training the beautiful girls and ask the, the uh, cheerleaders and trying to hook up with them and you know all that kind of stuff gotcha. and got relieved of. My contract with him, I had an attorney draft up the contract and ended up opening up my facility I have currently five years ago. And, um, you know, that's where we are right now, training, gosh, um, 220-plus baseball players currently. Wow. So all levels from youth, youth level to the big leagues. Gosh. Now, there's there's an element of this entrepreneurial spirit just crawled out of me, um, <laughs> running your own business. Okay, now that that's yep. that's a unique dynamic in itself. What are some of the the lessons that you learned early that maybe even five years ago you look back at and you go, God, that was that was silly. How did I do that? What are some <laughs> of the little easy hurdles you, you forgot to jump over? 
Yeah, I'm definitely in a different situation than, you know, Zach and Blaine. Um, A lot of failure. I know they do too, but I have a lot of business failure, which costs my family, you know, food, which costs my family, you know, insurance, which costs my family, you know, time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I want to fail, but I don't want to fail to the point where I'm going to go broke, right? So. Yep. Uh, the biggest, biggest thing I've learned entrepreneurially is I can't let my ego get in the way of anything, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody I talk to, I, I, I should be able to learn somebody, or, you know, learn something from them. Sure. Um, you know, I, I've found mentors outside of the strength and conditioning world where, you know, I have really high end adult clients that I would talk to that own huge companies and I want to learn from them. How did they develop those? How did they develop, you know, what are their processes, what are their procedures, all those kind of things, you know, I'm the, wow. I'm the accountant, I'm the marketing guy, I'm, I'm the everything. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have a full boat, you know, I've talked to one of my coaches about that today and, you know, how to relieve stress off of us and, you know, so we can focus on what we're good at and that's the strength and conditioning side. That's it. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> and that's the beauty of these, this dynamic on the call. And I think our listeners are starting to figure that out. We've got guys that are coming from uh, not even completely different perspectives, just just different right now. I mean, you're still in the strength and conditioning space, but but the the like you mentioned, the way in which you have to navigate your business is much different than Blaine. You answer to yourself and you answer to your clients, where Blaine is a part of the food chain of the University of Arkansas baseball program, and ultimately the strength and conditioning department. Those are kind of two different pulls, but in essence, the same. You're both striving for greatness. You're both trying to get the most out of your players, and that's where it kind of brings us back to maybe the grunt work inside of becoming a great strength and conditioning coach and making yourself more knowledgeable and experienced and, and, and really versed in a number of things. And there's fierce failure inside that, which we'll get into. But DJ, when you look at how you've grown as just as a simply as a strength and conditioning coach, just, just from rolling out and preparing a program from somebody uh, fresh out of school to now, how have you grown in that space? And, and again, kind of take us through maybe the evolution of yourself to where you stand today. Uh, I think it's just taking it upon myself to study more, honestly, okay. um, learning, 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 you know, the needs and necessities of our population and baseball players mm. uh, was huge. And, you know, what they're deficient in, what they lack, you know, what common themes we see with guys that walk in the door, um, you know, adopt, adopting a really solid assessment process, um, hiring the, the right coaching staff, mm. um, you know, so surrounding myself, like going back to what I said earlier, surrounding myself with mentors I, in the strength and conditioning world now that I can bounce ideas off to. Looking back five years ago, even last year, Blaine can, you know, back me up on this. We look at programs like, what the heck were we thinking? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, we, you know, I, you know, six months ago, like, why the hell would I program this before this? Or what, you know, why did I do this before this? Always questioning my methods and working with, you know, pro guys constantly, they always question what I'm doing, which makes me stay on top of my game. It makes me stay on top of my coach's game and make sure, you know, we're giving them minute little details that need to be addressed every single day. Oh my gosh. That's okay. Now we're, now we're setting the tone. Um, Blaine, (laughs) Blaine, same question, man. When you just look purely as a strength and conditioning coach and, and I love the, I really do. I love the transparency of man, even six months ago, you know, I look and, and I laugh. Blaine, when you look at your career and your growth in this space, where were you when you started and, and then where do you stand right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with DJ as well. I'm always trying to assess, you know, my programs or my coach and my cues, whatever I can do for my kids because yeah. every kid's different with social media. I mean, there's so much education out there. You have to stay on top of your game. Sure. And they, they need to know why. 
You know, if you're going to teach them some kind of pitch, a slider or a tango, they want to know why. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing in the weight room. And I, I've, I've been very fortunate to be around some of the best in the country when it comes to strength conditioning, like, you know, the college ranks with Jeff Connors at East Carolina and then Jim Malone and Pete Prenzy with the Cardinals and uh, Dave Bussey with the, uh, or Tim Bussey with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always tried to reach out to those guys and pick their mind. I, you know, there's a bunch of high school guys, too. There's a guy in Strong Rock uh, Christian Academy. Uh, down in uh, Georgia, his name's uh, Tobias Jacoby. You know, he, he's a guy that I just, I always pick his brain. And I actually had him come up here and coach me up for, and that, that's really helped me out a lot. So, oh yeah, I think the biggest thing is you got to learn how to adapt, you know, what works best for your team. You know, in my aspect, you got a different club every year. Mm-hmm. That year you might have more speed, that year you might have more power, and you have to, you have to help those kids evolve so that, you know, they play here for three years and then, you, know, you look back and they're 10 years in the big leagues. You know, they're, they're still healthy and still ready to go. So it's the long run. It's not the short. <laughs> oh, try to unpack this just a little bit. Do you feel like when you first got into it, just the way you just referenced that a second ago, that maybe you were more of a blanket strength and conditioning coach? In essence, like, hey, here's our plan. Like, let's go attack it. Where maybe you've grown oh, in yeah. the space. Yeah, where you see the individual aspect a little more clear each day. Absolutely. I mean, you know, me and DJ, we talk a lot, Zach and all these guys, I mean, our, our programs are evolving every day. Yes. You have to. I mean, these kids, they recover different. They're built different. They have different stressors. I mean, student athletes have class. They have all kinds of stuff besides the game of baseball going yeah. on. So you have to keep all those intact in and do what's best for the kid. You know, yeah. It's an investment. DJ, do you see that? Yours is a little bit different because you've been on clients from the get-go. So maybe you already had that yeah. framework of individuality. Yeah, I honestly, on identical to what Blaine just said, I oh, I can't man. say I I can't say any better than what he just <laughs> said. So <laughs> I don't I have I don't have an answer. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, again, you you got yeah, touche, my friend. You you guys are painting the picture, which is so in tune with our group, in that this is a place to challenge yourself. This is a place to uh, be transparent and and lay it on the line, because again, that's where our group we're a group of lifelong learners that are that are really trying to challenge each other to learn and grow. And so you guys are definitely in that spirit. If we, if we don't know something, I'm going to reach out, you know, to our circle, like with, you know, Zach and Blaine, I talk to those guys, you know, a couple of times a week, you know? Um, so we're always, you know, we're fortunate enough to have each other where we're learning from and, yeah. you know, asking, asking questions or, if, you know, if I want to learn something, if I, you know, I, I was doing a 10 yard study, a 10 yard sprint study. I, I asked Blaine about correlations. I asked Zach about, correlations of velocity and they both gave me what they thought they both gave me you know what they're thinking and mm-hmm. you know, i asked uh, my buddy travis roy over at lsu too and i was fortunate enough last week to test their pitching staff on the correlation stuff and wow. you know just bouncing ideas off of you know what they see and how do we can make an industry as a whole better is is huge oh. yeah i mean if if, you, if your program's not changing i can promise you your career will come to a dead end yeah yep yeah, yeah absolutely you're gonna get you're gonna get left behind real quick, and so yeah. especially not, for me. I mean, yeah, I, no doubt, right? I, there's there's fifty literally fifty sports performance places in the city I'm living in right now in Denver. I mean, oh, it's wow. sat it's oversaturated, right? So you know, job security is nice being an entrepreneur, but you know, you have to have people in the door. And what are we gonna do? Yeah. You know, to separate ourselves, and that's gonna be you know delivering the best data, the best programming, you know, the best customer service we possibly can to each athlete. Well, you're not just laying out a plan for strength and conditioning coaches listening to this. This is coaching in general. This is yep. adapt or die. This is 
continue to learn. This is the the whole narrative that we're preaching, and you guys are all over yep. it. Um, Blaine, kick us off with this one, and I want I'm really interested in this because again, you guys had the opportunity to go back to the World Series, make it to the national championship game last year. When you talk about the culture, and that's such a buzzword these days, but I mean that's in in team situations, that's a living, breathing organism. That's something that you're nurturing and paying attention to each day. So the culture inside the Arkansas weight room, when you're with your guys, what's the current environment you've created? How did you create it? And I think a, a, a big element, especially for younger level coaches that are listening, is how do you create buy-in with your guys? What are some of the, the ways that you really get them to uh, sink their teeth into your programming and where you're going with them? The, the first thing is you, you have to show the kids you care and that you want them to succeed. Mm. Okay, so that, you know, that's the biggest thing. It's, even if you're just talking to people in general, yep. if they, they know you care. You know, if you're coaching them up, they're going to be bought in. They're going to work hard for you. They have more intent to move the bar faster. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I love this aspect of the culture in our weight room. You know, we're, we're always competing. We have guys. We're at the point now. We have guys cheering each other on. Yeah. You know, they're holding each other accountable, and it's. I mean, it's booming right now for us. We've had we've had a great off season. Uh, we're wrapping up here in the next couple of weeks, and you know, our game is competitive. So, mm-hmm. learn the traits of discipline in the weight room. You know. Wearing the right thing, you know, being behind the line, yeah. you know, just the, the little things they carry over to the field so much from a discipline aspect. Like if you can do the little things in the weight room or little things in your, your pregame routine, it's going to correlate to the field where you make that double play it's in the SEC championship game, mm-hmm. you know, or you make that pitch late in the game. So, you know, we, we always do a competition at the end of the, uh, end of our workouts it takes two or three minutes. Okay. And we have, we call ourselves dog soldiers here. So I have dog tags for them. And uh, so on these dog tags, it says prepare, perform, prevail. Uh, it's got a hog up there, too. So, of course, it does. <laughs> yeah, you got to put a hog up there, you know. <laughs> so, by the time we, you know, we have our roster set and we're ready to go in the spring, everybody has, has a tag because at the end of the day, we're all family. We love each other. You know, there's there's hard times, there's good times. That's just how the game is. Yeah. Um, so, in these competitions, you know, I think the best thing I've done is. Whatever you're doing, if it's a bar hang, you know, there's all kinds of stuff you can do or, you know, some kind of ISO squat hold what's holding, you know, a wooden dial over your head or holding kettlebells at your chest. I mean, you pick, you pick stuff that guys are uncomfortable with. Sure. You know, if you're going to ask a kid, Hey, who, who wants to do the challenge today? The two, the first two to raise their hand, don't choose those guys. Right. <laughs> choose, choose, choose the young freshman in the back who doesn't want to do it because he needs to be out in front of all these juniors That's a- and all American sophomores. He needs to, he needs to be in an uncomfortable situation because we need to get that elephant out of the room quick. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's helped for our guys too because, you know, you're going to fail at times. And if that kid fails, at least he did in front of his team, mm-hmm. you know, or, even the All-American, he'll fail. You know, everybody knows, like, you know, he, he's going to get out sometimes. Yeah. You know, so. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I mean, those guys, they start cheering each other on. They pull each other. I mean, it fires me up. You know, <laughs> it, it, goes, it goes a long way, especially, in, you know, towards, you know, the game. Yeah, you, your personality probably lends it. It's a probably pretty active and vocal weight room <laughs> when your team's in there, I'm guessing. Yeah, we have. Uh, we on that get right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you encountered Blaine? And again, you're you're dealing with cream of the crop type athletes, and I know they have yeah. major league baseball draft uh, aspirations, and, and they're motivated on on a on a on an intrinsic level. But I, mm-hmm. but we're also not blind to the fact that you do get guys in there that maybe don't have the experience or believe in the weight room as much as others do. Do you, do you yeah. have do you have those situations? And then how do you, how do you really get that kid to 
you know what, man, we've got to jump this hurdle. We got to move past that. How have you approached that in the past? I mean, I think it's just like, you know, working with some big leaders and, you know, we have some big leaders that come back here and, yep. you know, they're bought into what we do and that helps with buy-in too. But yeah. if you can tell the kids an investment, like, hey, I'm we're doing a foundation program here, not just for the next three years to make a million dollars, but I want you to play 10 years in the big leagues. Wow. You know, again, we look for the long run. So it's like, hey, let's just try this out and maybe you make another two mil in a draft. <laughs> and then when you, when you start talking numbers like that, kids start to uh, – yeah. I'll start putting some weight on the bar. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. If you can promise me that, I'll, I'll, right, I'll, I'll right. move to Fayetteville tomorrow. <laughs> but again, again, if you, even if you had a kid, it's like, hey, I think I got a chance to be a senior sign. Well, hey, if we clean up these, you know, deficiencies in your movements, yep. you know, I promise you, it's going to help you correlate to the field. You know, maybe you're not a couple couple tenths off your your ninety, or maybe you get a little bit stronger and the ball is off the bat, and some yep. scouts like it because it sounds different. I mean, you just never know. So it all it's it's an investment. Yeah. That's a great um, way of putting it. Uh, DJ, yeah. kind of, again, different environment now, but we're looking at yeah. your clients and getting them to – I guarantee if I walked into Push Performance and I watched you train, I could feel and touch the culture that you have in place. Those dudes walk through the door. They know what your expectations are and your standards are. Can you explain that to us? Take take us in there yeah. with you. I, I actually had a conversation with uh, one of my one of my uh, minor league guys last offseason. What, what, what's, what's our economic moat? as a business. Right. Mm. And I, I asked him that he asked me that actually. And I go, I believe it's our culture. And he said, you, you, you're exactly right. A hundred percent. You guys are separated by your culture. You know, it's a dugout atmosphere. You're training hundreds of baseball players. It starts with the athlete. It doesn't start with the coaches in my opinion. Um, you know, culture starts with the, the athlete. So, you know, as, as many times as coaches try and set the culture, the athlete is essentially the one that takes over the culture. Um, mm-hmm. so the way I look at that now is that, so this last off season this year, as in this month, mm-hmm. I've hired two ex pro guys of mine as interns and they, um, they, they've helped in, you know, induce the culture and, and bring up the culture. And, you know, yesterday's energy was unreal in the facility. We were yelling at guys moving the bar fast. It was, it was crazy in there. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was something that we really haven't seen before yep. on the, on the energy level, but that was be- because guys were relating to the coaches and coaches relating to the athletes. Um, you know, and, it, and those guys want it for the other dudes at the same time. So, mm. um, you know, we have, you know, this year we had like 22, 23 pro guys in our group and they all want it for each other, even though they're all different organizations. So, they show up every day. They, they, some guys have lifting partners with other teams. Some guys are on the same team with lifting partners. Um, so, you know, it varies. So that, that drives the culture as well. On the high school level, you know, we, we have I, – I, I tell every single kid and parent when they sign up, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we demand a lot. We're going to demand the kid to be great. And if it's not for you, you're going to quit within a month and a half, two months. You know, and that's, that will help drive our culture as well. So we have that ability, unlike, unlike Blaine – unfortunately where we're able to say all right get the hell out of the gym yep. you know i mean you don't belong you don't belong here yep. you know um blaine can too but head coach would be pissed off i guess <laughs> he's gonna be but, back tomorrow <laughs> that kid will be yeah. back in here tomorrow. <laughs> um you know so we're able to do we're able to control our our environment our culture a little bit more we're able to screen guys as much as they're screening us you know for the business um you know let's say you know everybody's money is equal but we want somebody's money that's going to be you know, driving, driving our culture in a better way, better direction. No doubt. Oh man. Okay. 
and that that's an easy conversation, right? If that if that dude's fringy on yep. really truly, oh, he's done. He's quitting. Yeah. He's out. Like yep. like our, our, I mean, I had a kid eighth grader yesterday sit me down in my office that he needs to be pushed more. I was like, holy crap. Okay, well, we're not doing something right. So an oh, eighth wow. grader was saying that to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I'm like, wow. like, after I just got done yelling at all of our pro guys, like hyped up session, I'm like, well, what the heck? So, it's, you know, it, it, it varies. It's hard, man. Like every, we're dealing with, you know, 12 year olds. We're dealing with 14 year olds. We're dealing with 25 year olds. We're dealing with 30 year olds. So it's, it's tough. It's, you know, and every culture is different in every age group. You know? That's it. That's well, that's back to the individuality inside yep. your, your, uh, your doors. Okay. Yes. This is a unique question. I didn't, we wrote it down, but until we started, I started looking at this, talking to you, this makes a little bit, this is going to be like a little bit different answers for both of you in that when we look at seasonal lifting plans and I guess DJ, let's, let's let you just live on those professional baseball players. Cause now they're in off season. So now they're in shut down. They've, they've just wore their bodies out. They've rested. Now they're at this place where they're trying to build and build and build to get ready for spring training. So the seasonal lifting plans for those guys can you detail that out? What what do these next few months look like? What are kind of some of the things? Maybe you grabbed them right out of, uh, of, of the postseason or right out of their season. You assessed how that go. Now what are we doing? And then what do the other months look like? Again, if specifically those pro guys. How do those other months go for those guys? Yeah, so we we, we have a four stage program. I most I imagine most most guys do as well, mm-hmm. where you know we're going to assess the guy um, after their season. So I want a guy to come in, even though he wants to take two weeks off, three weeks off to go on vacation, whatever it is. I want him to do his assessment before he does that. I want him as fresh out of the season as possible so I can look at his deficiencies and why he developed those deficiencies. So everything we do is 100% customized to each athlete. So each guy is on their own 100% lifting program, um, you know, with, you know, the the mobilities or stabilities they need um, off of their deficiencies. And then our first phase is going to be our absolute strength, our foundational stuff. So we're going to focus on rejuvenation, restoring tissue quality, restoring breathing techniques, just repositioning, different things that was, you know, that they might've had that what we might see in the assessment, mm-hmm. um, from there, which we're essentially in right now is called the strength, strength speed phase. So, um, we're working a little bit faster, adding a little more rotation back into their programs, getting them prepped and primed, ready to start hitting again, throwing again, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so we'll, you know, moving, moving the bar a little bit quicker. We use a lot of, uh, velocity based stuff. So we'll, be adding a little bit more speed to the bar versus our absolute strength. And then we'll, from there, um, we'll add our speed strength stuff. So we'll increase the bar speed a little bit more on guys. We'll measure that and we'll do some, um, more, more speed days throughout the week instead of one or two days right now, like we are right now, we'll add two or three days mm-hmm. in where we're doing, you know, change of direction, acceleration, deceleration, whatever it may be, um, versus just basic sprint, uh, sprint mechanics, w- which we were hitting last month. So, um, and then, uh, right before spring training, we'll hit, uh, our absolute speed stuff. So that's getting them ready to rock and roll going into speed or going to spring training where they're going to crush, you know, crush the, the speed program, crush the strength program and just add a bunch of stuff where they're, where they're, you know, feeling their body move, getting them primed to move, decrease range, range of motion or excuse me, rotation yeah. in the, in the, uh, their program because they're going to be throwing and hitting a ton. So we're, we're going to take that out now and start adding more anti-rotation, anti-extension, anti-flexion exercises, more core stability stuff. Gosh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go into in-season in lifts here in a minute because my follow-up was going to be how are you preparing those guys? I guess I'll ask you right now. How are you preparing those guys um, maybe with something in hand 
when they do yeah. get to their double A affiliate, their single A affiliate, wherever yeah. they're going to be, do they have something in hand that they can use throughout the season? And also, obviously, pay yes. attention to what their their organizations telling them too. But I mean, they have something from you. Yeah, our our big leaguers have a little bit more you know luxury of that, right? Where they're yeah. able to say, "Hey, I want to do my own thing." That's true. Um, yeah. You know, Blaine, Blaine been in been you know being in the in the minor league. You know, he can tell you too. You know, they, they have a, a hands-on strength coach where it's like, all right, everybody does a team lift. Um, you know, guys want extra stuff, but we definitely give them stuff that they want it. You know, we're not going to try and step on any of the uh, strength guys' toes sure. in, the, in the organizations. But, you know, like uh, last year, uh, one of our big leaguers, he, uh, he was like, hey, I need a on-field routine, um, another on-field routine on top of what I'm doing. So he wanted more athletic-based stuff on top of his strength his strength training program. So we developed an entire on-field routine the day after his start just to loosen him up just sure. to you know get let him feel athletic through the season um and then you know we'll we build we built him an entire custom strength program where you know the our other our other big leader guy he he doesn't need anything throughout the course season he just lets the the strength coaches do it so yeah. it, it really it really varies um with guys so those those programs are going to be decreasing rep ranges um you know uh two to three, four reps, maybe, um, you know, we're always going to try and get stronger in season. Uh, so we want, we want those guys to set PRs. We want those guys to keep on getting stronger, especially going into the postseason, where that's when we, that's why we trained all year. Right. So yeah. we want to be, we want to be the strongest when it matters most. And that's, you know, in October. So, um, you know, getting to that point is, is tough, but, you know, especially in August and July, Yep. You know, guys are like, why am I doing this? Um, you know, we've had a couple guys, you know, my arm started to hurt. Well, have you been, have you been on top of your throwing program or your arm care program? No. Like, well, you're That's literally right. getting paid to do your arm, pro- arm care program. Do it. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's not rocket science. Like I, I don't want to go to work every day, but I, you know, I do it. You sure. know, I'm, if I don't, if I don't program for a kid, you know, my business fails. Right. So if you, if you don't do your arm care program, your business fails. So. That's yeah. That's kind of what what we do for all that stuff that's going on at rant. My bad. No, <laughs> I love it. I love it. The more that we can pull, man. Yeah. The more we can. The more we're learning, man. The more you guys talk, the more we learn. Now, Blaine, yours is a little bit different, and this is this is the some of the feedback we got leading into this call was from college and high school coaches as to well, what do you want to hear, yeah. dude? I want to hear what they're doing with their guys right now as we get into Christmas break, which is critical. What are we doing right now into fall Christmas break? And then January, February, before February fifteenth hits. Can you open that seasonal lifting plan, and then give us a maybe just a, a taste of what's going on throughout the rest of the year? Yeah, so we'll start with the off season first. Let's okay. just go through. Okay. So it's like a twelve week, you know, shindig because mm-hmm. the NCAA have so many requirements. I mean, you know, before we go through this, I think the the, the best time you can get strong. Or I know for a fact the best time you can get strong is through the season. It's the longest time period for NCAA. Love it. It's the longest time period that you can get strong. You know, our guys, we had some young dudes that in the regional, they're PNR and on squat and bench. And, you know, again, it's like DJ said, we keep everything the doubles, triples, sometimes fours, depends on the year. So, you know, as long as you're consistent about it yeah. and you track the volume of what's going on in the field, I mean, you're good. I promise you, I, I saw our guys, they kept their weight up once they got to Omaha. Yep. You know, every, everything you're going to track, you need to emphasize, you know, whether that's if you're going to weigh them in. You know, hold them accountable. That's yep. something you're assessing. That you, it's important to you. Yeah. Um, but again, our off season, you know, it's, it's broken into like four micro cycles, I guess you would say. The first one, once they get in, it'll be work capacity work. Uh, the second will be strength, like 
hypertrophy. Uh, then we'll go to a power phase and then we'll get a speed phase. Mm. And right now we're kind of in that speed phase right now. You know, we're still, we're moving some pretty good weight and at good speed. So, uh, we've had a really good fall. It's, 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 it's been exciting. So I'm, I'm, I'm itchy for February 15th and I'm ready for it. So. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you noticed, but everything we do is, is very similar, yes. right? Yes. There's no, there's no, there's no hidden gems. There's no, you know, we're not doing anything, you know, that's revolutionary, right? Yep. You know, we're not rewriting yeah. the book. So, yep. you know, everything okay. we're doing is, you know, we're completely transparent with everybody and, you know, it's not, it's not sexy at all. It's boring. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I guarantee, I know, I know for a fact, I know what Blaine's program is, but I know, I know for a fact they'll do some kind of chin up, they'll do a front squat or a back squat, and they'll, you know, do a hinge and a deadlift. You know what I mean? That's just how, you know, that's what basic, basic strength training is. And then, you know, adapting that to the baseball player is huge. Gosh. Yeah. Master, mastering that movement's huge. If you, yep. You know, it's just so basic. It's unbelievable. You, you got to master this front plane, like in front of you, before you can do anything. And once you master that, all the other stuff just explodes. Mm. Uh, you know, you, you start seeing guys throw a hundred, a hundred and hit next of velo balls at 120 over scoreboards, which yep. are always nice. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, working in the preseason, that's the biggest thing, you know, what we do here and, you know, some people might do it different depending on who the coach is. And again, you know, me and DJ, we're the same kind of people and Zach and mm. all these guys in our circle, but you know, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Yeah. You know, the, the way we do it, it's just, it works for us and our guys are bought in. So, yep. Uh, we truly believe in it, but you know, you know, preseason the month before the season starts, let's go four weeks. You know, those first two weeks we'll cut the volume by twenty percent. Okay. Okay, and then the second two weeks we'll cut twenty one percent. So you you're going to equal about forty percent total volume down before February fifteenth. Wow. And we can still load the bar up. We're just not doing as many reps. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. So. Um. You know, we're, we're trying to in, increase the training intensity, prepare them to perform practicing on the field. And, uh, you know, this phase will gradually reduce the train load and less volume and priming more of the power and speed heading into the season. Just like DJ said, you know, it's, it's, it's all you're trying to get the best bang for your buck. And, um, you know, we have a motto around here. Winners win, losers lose. So, um, and our new weight room, I think that's going to go on the wall. So yeah. pretty excited about that. <laughs> that's on a shirt um, somewhere. I'm going to put that in the ABCA office too. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, it's facts, man. That's in life too. We, yeah. we tell our kids that all the time. So, yeah. But, you know, many many programs will spend so much time emphasizing strength, power, and speed, you know, during the off season. Yeah. And they fail to maintain it, those qualities, like through competition. Yes. So it's like all those months of hard work, you know, for nothing that translates into the season. Like why, if we're not even going to, buy in and lift during the season why do we even do it in the off season That's you know right. why we're gonna lose all those qualities same thing like you can't just you know you pick up a baseball and go out there if they were 15 first you know eight strong you gotta you gotta build yourself up you gotta work on yourself so well, t- take um, us right into that blaine because that that that's a great again segue into this element and i think this is also a place where coaches need more help man i mean again if you don't mm-hmm. have a background yeah um, in kinesiology, like I've, I'm fortunate, I've got a, a master's in kinesiology and a bachelor's in exercise science. So I'm, I'm in with this. At the same time, there's a lot right. of coaches that don't. They're uh, they teach history and they coach baseball. Yeah. And so how when you look at in season, when you're really again, I love the the sentiments you guys are offering that you, we want to be our strongest when we hit the postseason when it really matters. So you've got to maintain that throughout the seasons. When you're looking at those specific lifts throughout the roughly you know four months of playing. When you're looking at that, 
How are you going about it? How are you managing that? What's the volume look like? And maybe there are the things that you focus on or there are goals, again, besides being the strongest you can be at the end of the season or other things that you're talking yeah. through? Yeah, I mean, our biggest thing, I want guys to be very, very efficient at the movements, the basic movements. Okay. Like I want you to learn the squat pattern and just master it or learn how to hinge or lunge. And, you know, DJ's going to be on the same page with this. Like yeah. if, you, if you build that foundation, you can build a really big house. Huh. And and it it can make a lot of money, you know what I'm saying. So <laughs> once you once you get those deficiencies and you help them, you clean them up, and the guys see it translate to the field where they stay healthy all year, or their velo, you know, their average yeah. velo is the same after their 12 start, which is you know it's crucial. Um, you know, but the goal of in season living is to progress the qualities of strength, power, and speed. And again, if you're not consistent, um. And not smart about it with the volume. You, you, you got to take an account. You know, if you're a coach that practices for a long time, you know maybe the strength coach cuts himself off in the weight room. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you, you got to have some feel about it. Well, you know, we always use that word around here. Yep. You got to have <laughs> yep. a lot. You got to have a lot of feel. That's so, uh, um, am I hearing Blaine? Again, I'm sorry to cut you. Am I, hear, am I hearing that, that you're you're almost in, intensifying the cues? Like as you get back into those lifts, and there's less weight on. But again, we're trying to to make sure that we're staying efficient? Are you kind of enhancing that coaching cue? Like almost not a back to the basics approach to, but almost like a reintroduction. Like again, remember, this is the way that we hinge. This is the way that we squat. Are you kind of dialing it back uh, up? Every day. Yeah. Every day we're going to, we're going to work on that squat pattern every day. And it wow. might just be a body weight squat. Right. You know, and right. Yeah. yeah we say, we say, keep it simple. I mean, right. Just yeah. Keep exactly. it simple. It's as, as more simple it is, it better. Everybody's understand it, you know, exactly. So once you hammer those cues and every kid's got a different cue, that that's one thing you have to, you know, if you're, if you're an infield guy or pitching guy or hitting guy, I mean, you have a different cue for each position, each yeah. player, yeah. they're different players. Same thing in the weight room. You have to, you got to know your kids, you got to get to know them and what works best for them and how they react to it. That's, that's the biggest thing. But at the end of the day, we're, we're all working the basic movements and, you know, if we can master those kids, stay healthy, they have success and, um, next thing you know, you're, you win an ass championship. So, yep. gosh, that's awesome. DJ, same same perspective when we're talking about in season. How are you managing it? What are the things you're giving those guys to focus on? Open open that conversation up too. Yeah, so we'll we'll decrease foot strike a lot. Um, you know, because in season, I only get high school guys in season, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, per, like in, in person, yeah. in person. Um, our big league guys or our minor league guys, they're you know they're off and they're affiliates, so. You know, we'll do remote stuff with them, but in person, we'll do high school and youth guys. And, you know, we're decreasing foot strikes because they're running so much in their cleats. They're doing all that stuff. So we might do some sled work and then some light change of direction work. Um, You know, uh, you know, not increasing the running intensities is huge. Um, You know, see a lot of guys. It's a big topic now, right? Running poles versus sprints and all that kind of stuff. So decreasing um, foot strike on the ground is number one. you know, and then obviously decreasing rep ranges, like what uh, Blaine said. So, I mean, it's essentially the same, exact same thing. Keep it as simple as possible. Understanding what good movement looks like before you fix poor movement. Um, that's the number That's the number one thing that I see issues with is, you know, coaches that not knowing how to coach, you know, trying to do too much versus letting the athlete be an athlete. Um, you know, and then obviously trying to over-program stuff, you know, where you're, you're trying, you're, you know, you're a, like you said, a history teacher, but you're trying to teach 
uh, a clean or you're trying to teach something like that where it's you know that's a separate completely separate sport or you're putting your pitchers on a running program that looks like they should be on the on the track team on the cross cross country team right you know so you don't want to you don't want to train them as two different athletes during season you want to train them you know for what they're doing at that at that moment during that that short uh, microscope season okay i mean when you, when you talk about like you know we got three like tiers of guys here so you know, a tier one guys, you know, they're going to lift, you know, twice a week. You know, the first three weeks we do lift three times a week. And then we go two days a week for the rest of the year. But okay. we take in consideration our catchers and everyday guys, you know. But the tier one guys, they're going to lift twice a week. And then our tier two guys, you know, they might get a midweek, like, pinch hit or uh, might get one start on the weekend. You know, those guys, we do three and sometimes we do four, depending on what their role is and what time of year it is and all that stuff. Because we do want to. Yeah, it's a good time. We can we can help those kids for next year. You right. know, they they can get stronger and stuff sitting on the bench and uh, eating all the seats and sandwiches. You know, <laughs> call them sandwich eaters. Guys, guys eat all the sandwiches on the bench. You know, <laughs> uh, and then our our tier three guys are redshirt guys, so they're going five times a week. And again, um, we're trying to get them strong, get them ready for the future. So that's it. <laughs> when I was at Kentucky, we called them the granola bar gremlins. Because the, yeah. the the starters come over like in the seventh, like dude, I just need a granola bar, and, and all the guys we haven't played uh, ate them all. Um, DJ, I know this this was a, a point you really want to break into, and I'm, I'm excited to hear you open up just progression and regression in lifts and attacking both of those. Um, how, yep. how, how are you approaching that? Like I said, keep it simple, yep. right? But for me, being in the private sector, it's like all right, every week, every every month of every year, we're gonna do squat a hinge a deadlift you know Mm -hmm. so it's gonna you know it's try and try and progress them and regress them knowing like i said earlier what proper movement looks like what they did in their assessment know what you know what is a regression to um a deadlift what is a regression to a squat what is the regression you know i mean so knowing regressions and how to progress those uh progressions so you know you're not going to teach somebody how to you know how to do a hang clean before they know how to do a hinge. They're not going to teach somebody how to, you know what I mean? On the, on the Olympic yeah. side, we don't, you know, we don't hang clean our guys. That's, you know, I, I, I don't, I do it personally, but I, I just don't have our guys do it. Like I said before, that's just a lot of, a lot of coaching, a lot of time. Um, sure. we know like what Blaine said earlier, we have multiple different types of athletes and knowing what those athletes need. You know, we have guys where they're super hyper mobile, where they, can't get in their mobility they don't need mobility where they were there's guys that are hypo mobile where they need mobility so um just learning where to place certain things where to why to progress things you know what good movement looks like um you know knowing what dynamics are you know what what dynamics are, are required in each lift and knowing you know the the demands of each lift and what that's going to do with their output and their recovery and their rest and their their readiness so we talk about readiness every day and you know so i have all our most of our guys are getting whoop bands for their they're gauging their recovery so we're able to look at that all right well let's regress him on his deadlift today because his recovery score sucks right instead of saying well, you were at 375 last week this week you're at three 335 you suck it's no it's because he Either got in a fight with his mom, got in a fight with his girlfriend, had a had a test, ate like crap, slept like crap, whatever it is. Yep. You know, we're not going to strain these kids out, so we got to regress on that way, and that way we're not 
on the rehab side now versus the regression side. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, sure. you know, things are constantly changing on that side. So on the prog- on the progression side, it's, you know, show me you can dominate the lift, like what Blaine said, crush the frontal plane, then we'll get some lateral work. What are we going to do? How are we going to move to move to the next phase? What are, you know, what is our goal? Talk about why, 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 why? Everything I said like earlier, why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Gotcha. Blaine, you see anything different on that or seeing it exactly the same way or? Same beliefs here. We, yeah. yeah, I think the biggest thing with the progression, regression, we have a flow chart of our lifts. Okay. So, I, you know, I have a graduate assistant and actually I have an intern from Zach. So that's how tight our circle is. Yeah. Down these yeah. Exchange. exchange <laughs> people, so. Um, so we have a flow chart and it depends on what that lift is. And, you know, the biggest thing when you're, when you're looking at it, like it's the eye of the coach. You know, yes. you can look, you can look at a squat and be like, ah, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. Maybe he box squats and that looks better, you know, until he can learn the pattern, then he can squat without a box. And, um, so we, we have that and, you know, I, I trust the graduate assistant. He came to South Carolina with Billy Anderson and I respect them a lot. And yep. obviously the intern was with Zach. So, you know, they have the power to go up to the guy and says, Hey, you know, for front squat, I'll, Let's, let's, let's shoot at the goblet squat and see if we can clean up some stuff made with the ankles or um, maybe sitting back on the heels or, mm-hmm. you know, we had that chart. But, um, you know, I think the biggest thing when it comes to that, like, and I, I'm bad for this. Back in the day, your kid's back hurts, so I'll shut them down, send them to the trainer, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, just, go thumb, just go thumb roll and come back tomorrow and just pray he's, he's good. Play it you safe. Know, so. <laughs> but yeah. now a kid, like, tweaks his you know, back and – and knock on wood, we haven't had any of that since I've been here. Um, but if he does, you bring him off and be like, hey, let's let's go through the squat pattern and see what's compensating for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, we had a kid that had some anterior shoulder pain on the front and uh, couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, basically, we put him like a kneeling position doing a cable press, and it was it was it was all glute activation or glute firing. So we would, you know, we'd kick him in his butt. Gently, you know, wouldn't you know, drop <laughs> sure. kick him, but yeah, we'd activate we'd activate the glute going, and it just works up the chain. So after two or three weeks, it sort of didn't hurt anymore. So you know, when things happen, when people get you know injured or they tweak something, it's because something's it's compensating for something on the body. Right. You know, I think we looked we looked too much at like you know, oh, he's got the flu, he's got the flu, the back the back issues, the flu. What's what's causing the flu? Mm-hmm. Why does he have the flu? You know, so wow. That's how we approach it a little bit. It, it would be, you guys tell me if I'm wrong here, would it be too much to say you guys choose three major lifts and talk us through the cues that you would say we can progress and then also the cues that you would say we would regress? Is that too much to ask? No, not at all. No, 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 that's kick, good. kick that off, DJ. So just pick any lift I want? I think. I, th- I mean, just good, you know, let's do, say, squat, clean, and deadlift. And you're looking at, let's say, those three. If those three work. And, and just roll yeah. through what 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 the, the correct cues would be. Then what the, hey, man, we need to pull back a little bit. What would those be? So, yeah, on a, on a just a basic body weight squat is a regression of a real squat. And then you will go to a goblet squat. And then we'll go to a rear foot elevated split squat. and then we'll, Or a split squat. And then we'll go to a rear foot elevated split squat. And then we'll go to a front rack squat. And we'll... You know, just learn, you know, learn that progression that way. Um, okay. Do you want me to actually coach the, coach the squat? Is that what you want me to say? Well, yeah, because I think there's a coach that's like, <laughs> no, there's a coach that's like, hey, you know yeah. what? I, I know the word squat, but I can't really, I yeah. can't tell you exactly why the body should be positioned. Yeah, absolutely. So on this, on, 
on our squats. Do you want me to do back squat or front squat? I mean, there's tons of different. I know. That's what I'm saying. Um, this is a super loaded so, question. So, about, I mean, let's do safety, safety bar front squat. Safety bar front squat. That's just throwing <laughs> throwing the boat at it. Thanks, Blake. Jeez, bro. Love you, love you too, man. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, go, go straight front squat. I think that's a safer front one. Front squat, yeah. right? Yeah, front squat. So we we do front squat our guys. So this will be good. So okay. a good cue on the front squat is obviously learning how to rack the bar first. So getting them in a good position. So we want to shoot the elbows, check the wrist mobility first, but shoot the elbows, get the bar in a good rack, front rack position mm-hmm. and teach the rib cage to lock the rib cage down. So the, uh, the core's job is to stabilize the spine. So we want to engage that core, brace, brace the core and stay through the heels, obviously not anterior load anymore and dump forward, but we'd also don't want to get into extension. So Getting that rib cage to get down, we call it, you know, get that thorax down, mm. get the rib cage down, get into, into upper body, get the thoracic spine into flexion. And then you're going to take a big breath, brace the core, drop, you know, push the knees out. Um, you know, we, we do a, what's called a Craig's test. So we measure guys where, you know, if they're antiverted or not and you know, where their femur sits inside their acetabulum. So we'll be able to tell if the guy needs to abduct his foot out or if he's straight on. You know, everybody's, everybody's, you know, different. So that's something that, that coaches, a simple coach can see, right? If he's walking duck foot, let him squat a little duck footed, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or else he's going to get what's called FAI, which is femoral acetabular impingement, which we see all the time in baseball. So we want to really focus on, you know, where their feet are, you know, producing force from the ground up, transferring that force through the core without losing that postural integrity. Wow. That's individuality in, yeah. in itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Blaine, you, you pick an exercise and take us through, you know, I'll go, I'll go RDL. Okay. RDL is a big one. So, yep. you know, I, I think the biggest thing we, we start with is learning how to hip hinge with a stick. All right. So the, that, the hinge is so, it is very complicated for a kid to get, like, it seems simple, but it takes, you have to practice it every day. Yeah. Um, you could take a weekend off, kid kind of loses a little bit and, you know, we'll, we'll work on hinges during our warmups and stuff like that. But, you know, we'll, well, first what we'll do is we'll put down like a, you know, just a band in front of them because we're trying to keep a neutral spine. Sure. And when I say neutral spine, it's almost like, you know, your spine is just straight up. So sometimes when guys do RDLs, their head just flings up. And, you know, if I lose bar up a little bit, I do that, my lower back immediately hurts. So yeah. I can just imagine what a kid, because kids aren't going to say anything. You know, they're going to, sure. they want, they want you to think they're tough. You know, they don't, they don't, they're not going to tell you this, this hurts. So I can't do it because, you know. So we'll, we'll put that in front of them where they follow it from the top of the band to the bottom of the band. It's kind of hard to explain on the phone, but we lay it in the rack in front of them. Okay. So, hmm. um, once they have the bar position, we unlock the knees. Okay. Yeah. And then we elevate their toes so they learn how to sit back on their heels. Now, just the toes, not yeah, the front of the feet. That's a good cue. Yeah. And that's, that's helped our guys a lot. Now, if they still can't get the pattern down, we'll actually take a kettlebell and put it against their chest. And if you put the kettlebell against the chest, you can actually, you can hinge a little bit better. So as the, the, you know, the bell goes down further and further, it's, yep. it's, it's more difficult to hinge. So I think the best cue to help a kid hinge is take that kettlebell or a weight or a dumbbell right at their mm-hmm. chest and start to learn the hinge pattern. And obviously once they get to the bar, um, we, we try to load up RDLs heavy as possible i am huge on heavy rdls we want that we want the posterior chain being very very strong so don't you like everything heavy (laughs) yeah yeah different times of year but i won't go especially (laughs) (laughs) 
I want guys moving it fast. I want it heavy. I want people. Blames and meathead. Blames and meathead. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, we we it's all about the year. Like you wouldn't max out a guy from going to SEC tournament, but <laughs> yeah. um, in the off season phase, we're out of fall ball. It's time to get it, man. You yeah. know, it's time to get that money. So, <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll do the RDL. You know, just above the knees, then we'll go below the knees, and that's pretty much it with the hinge. But the hinge is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, it's, it's one of those things that shows up right on the field. Um, yeah. are we looking at movement over maxes? Now, this is kind of managing the individual oh, yeah. and managing, um, their expectations. And, and I think both of you have unique dynamics. And, and again, Blaine, start us off because you're talking about within the team, there's this inner competition. There's this, everybody knows where they're at. Your kids, they may be doing, curls over here but they know how much the guy that's playing over them is squatting they're paying attention to that so you you having to manage that of i know you're trying to get your max i know you're trying to get stronger but man you're just not mastering this movement quite yet how are you keeping players focused on that how are you kind of managing uh that personality but also those those aspirations to really grab a new max how are you managing that yeah, so I mean, we use sometimes in our offseason phase especially the heavy strength we'll do like a apre which Basically, we work up to a heavy three weekly, okay. and uh, again, it's, it's different phases during the off season. But you know, whatever they hit, I'll post. You know, I post what they weigh every Monday. Like I want everybody to know, hey, so and so went down a pound. That's it. You know, that's yep. that's if you want to hold them accountable and you know, actually level each other and coach each other because that's when you have a winning clubhouse yep. when they start no doubt. Uh, coaching each other up. But yeah, I'll post like you know, last week so and so hit you know three fifteen for three. All right, and then the week before he hit three ten for three. So you see progression. It's like mm-hmm. you're trusting the process. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to go out there and blow it out and then be out the whole off season and you lost ten pounds and then you're starting the season like if the wind blew really hard, we just throw you up and you just <laughs> be all you be in the Ozarks. You know? Sure. <laughs> we, uh, you know, I, I love posting stuff. It gives the kids motivation. You know, it gives them once they get in there, like, hey, coach, this week I'm I'm doing it. But if you if you don't feel well, you, you have to take all these stressors that they have outside, you know, yep. school, family. I mean, there's a there's a lot going on for a student athlete. It really is. It's a lot of stress for them, uh, especially at the high level too. At the SEC, like I mean, these people are getting followed on Twitter by fifteen, twenty thousand yeah, people sometimes. No you know? So it's like, no um, but yeah, the, you know, once they have that motivation, they come in there and, and they they put intent uh, on their lifts, which mm-hmm. we're huge about. Uh, it works out. But again, you have to master the movement. So I'll go over there and say, hey, if I don't like the way that squat looks, I shut them down. We take weight off the bar. We go through the movement again. And the kids, they trust me where it's it's a, it's a good relationship. They understand it. it's for their best interest. But you've yeah, had I'm a not, kid get pissed at you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to happen. But <laughs> yeah. that's, see, that's good. I mean, that's that's the kid that is probably going to strike out the side in the ninth. You know what that's I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, got a little, he's got a little attitude, a little – Yep. Uh, a little grit to them, and I love that. I mean, we're all family here, so they understand. We, you know, we're all, you know, it's all for our best interest. And yeah, stuff. But yeah. I mean, you've built that rapport. You've built that trust. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. DJ, you see any differently on the movement over maxes stuff? Yeah, like I was talking earlier, is you know, what does good movement look like? Yeah. Um, the way you know, we're like Blaine. We don't we don't one rep max guys. Um, we do. We just recently started doing a lot more uh, force profiling for guys versus three rep maxes. Um, so we chart everything, and everybody has access to that. So we, you know, there's competition in our in our velocity based training stuff where 
how fast they're moving the bar, right? So, you know, he's moving the bar at this speed that, you know, his, his training partner is moving the bar at this speed at the same weight. So, you know, he's, he's getting his butt kicked. You know, when we want him to be at, you know, say 0.7 meters per second, he's at three seven three hundred seventy five pounds. His training partner is at three thirty five at point seven meters per second. So yep. that adds a level of competition, um, mm. but in, in a different in a different dynamic, different way. Um, you know, and just making sure they're doing everything proper first, and just making sure they're you know they're hitting their goals and looking at you know if they're if they're not progressing, that's probably because of the stress or because our program sucks. Which one is it? So. <laughs> Um, you know, hopefully it's the outside stressors, but you know, we yeah. can always, we can always address, adjust our programming, right? We you know yes. we don't write the best programs in the world every single day, every single week. We know that. So, um, we understand the importance of deload and, you know, controlling stressors and yeah. controlling the, the environment of how they're lifting. So, like I said, we're, you know, going back to that velocity based stuff, we're, you know, Blaine's been messing around. We've had a lot of conversations with that with one of our buddies, uh, Max, um, over here at Resilience Code in Colorado. Um, guy's guy's a genius, isn't he, Blaine? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's the real deal. He's awesome. He's so, the real deal. Um, you know, so we started pro- force profiling guys where it's going to shoot out. We put algorithms in. It's going to shoot out exactly the weight they need for any movement they're doing. So we test them, and it's going to, you know, nine times out of ten, that, that algorithm is a hundred percent correct. So, wow. so if I want him at say 0.72 meters per second, it's going to shoot out, you know, X and that X number is literally within a quarter of percent of where we want him to be. So, um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see that versus a three rep max. And, you know, the, the movement stuff is, 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 you know, our, our facility is made for movement, not, not just weightlifting. So we have a ton of turf areas and, all that kind of stuff so nothing nothing i don't have sec money so (laughs) (laughs) well as as the as the third division two baseball player on the line here i don't i can speak i can speak for all of us and say we didn't have algorithms in our training programs on the division two level yeah that's for sure it's Um, pretty cool i mean blaine what do you think about that stuff going i mean kind of off topic here well you know what we've been talking about you've been using it a little bit yeah I'm, i'm all for i think this uh this next summer after after winning that championship, I'm gonna we're gonna some of the guys to stay back. So hmm. yeah, I, I'm all in. Love all it. In. Love it. It's awesome. This is this is an interesting question because I think this is this is maybe the eternal debate within strength coaches, but also baseball coaches. And especially and again, I want you to keep in mind we're talking, we've got youth, we've got high school, we've got college, we've got pro guys on the on the line with us. And when they're thinking about really, truly, when they're building their programs, and again, not all of them have the, the expertise, not all of them have the training, but they're trying to do their best to build plans and systems and and progressions that allow their guys to, to really find out who they are and who, who they should be on the field. But what does show up on the field? From DJ, start this one. When you think about the things you're doing inside your training programs, maybe it's the movements, maybe it's the specific mm-hmm. exercises. What do you see directly correlates with things that they're going to have to perform on the diamond? Yeah. So everything we do, we want it to transfer to the field, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so my things I like to look at is a 10 yard sprint. Um, okay. You know, I look at that how, for me, that looks at how fast somebody can hip extend, how fast they, how, what the acceleration is like. Um, you know, how twitchy they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, I like to look at a broad, a lateral broad jump. Um, you know, we're in a lateral sport. So obviously, you know, 
lateral broad jump is going to be really good determination of lateral force production. Okay. Um, and how well they land out of that too, uh, is, is very important. So that kind of shows postural integrity, how well, how much they can control that. And then we'll look at, can they, can they carry their, far, their, you know, farmers carry their body weight, um, huh. or more than their body weight, I guess, two times their body weight. Uh, are they going to be able to do, you know, challenge their postural integrity with that? Um, and then another one, uh, med ball scoop toss for distance. I like to see how far they can, you know, what, what their rotational power is like. Um, how far they can throw that. And then just basic, basic exercise, the trap bar deadlifts, front squat, um, and then chin ups. I like to look at all, all three of those things as well. Oh, that's so good. Blaine, you so, see any differently? Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much on the same page, uh, you know, our main lifts. And then we do a vert broad here. We run a, we run a 30. Uh, okay. We do a 30 yard dash. So we have a couple of equations that we do that shows them that they're really type two fibered up and those guys are wirely and, uh, the ones that throw ched and stuff. So we, you know, we, we try to track all that. And the, the biggest thing you know, I see, and especially in college baseball, is the weight. You know, if kids can keep their weight on, their their average velo stays up. That's like, it. You know, our friend, our friend I got last year, he's a small guy, uh, a good friend of mine too. He's he kept his weight on throughout the year. His average velo was up, you know, his whole career. You know, he's in Omaha with the same velo. It might, it might be down a mile too, but uh, he kept his weight up. You know. Yep. But I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, you're going to be real with it. You know, when talent meets toughness, it, it equals success. Like it's unstoppable. Mm. So small things is discipline. Um, you know, the attitude and stuff you can do that, you know, and I'm a strength coach perspective. So you have to, you know, um, in the weight room, you know, doing, doing the little things, you, you make, you make that play late in the game, you know, mm-hmm. or you, you know, you make that pitch in the ninth when you're throwing in front of 20,000. You know, and you got bases loaded, and you you, you want to be that guy. You want to be the guy they call on for a pinch hit late in the game. You know, you, so if you can build that stuff in the off season in the weight room and do stuff to help that, I mean, that really correlates to the field. I mean, I'm just going to be real with it. God, I love it. I truly, I truly believe when talent meets toughness, it's it equals success. The great dynamic having having Zach on our podcast. We also had Nick White from Coastal Carolina, so it was a really neat. Um, back and forth of TCU having great facilities and, and, and again, then their program, a blue-collar approach, and Coastal Carolina, for lack of a better way of saying, is the blue-collar program that we all know in terms of lack of facilities, and Nick's had to get hyper-creative in his space. But a, a lot of what Nick offered was was from the speed and conditioning end, and that's what I want to see what you guys might pull. I love the, the, the back and forth of DJ lends himself towards a 10-yard sprint. Blaine, you're, you're really inside of that 30-yard sprint. Blaine, if there's are there other things that you're doing from a conditioning or even speed training standpoint that you would offer our guys? Yeah, if you go through an off season, let's we'll say four day, okay. um, uh, day one, which is a Monday after weekend, that's our max effort speed day. That's one of our two max effort speed days. Okay. Um, second day will be change the direction. I like open field agility stuff. You know, a lot of our drills are kind of like linebacker football drills. It's crazy that sounds. <laughs> I love right, it. So I, I, I like I like change the direction. I want you to come to balance, learn how to decelerate and recelerate. Hmm. Um, and our guys, they compete with that too. They love that. So, uh, you know, if you get stuff that the kids like, they get more intent. They get a lot more effort. You get a lot more results, you know. So yeah. instead of doing like a cone drill where they go through it, you know, half speed and uh, not into it. So then we'll have an off day and then we'll go back. We'll have another max speed day. And usually this day we do a lot of our bounding. Um, our guys have gotten really good at bounding, um, speed bound, power bound, straight leg bounds. And then 
Um, we do sleds that day. So we'll do contrast sprints. Usually we'll go like two sprints with a sled, one sprint without a sled. And, um, okay. and then our day four is like a, it's like a metabolic workout with kettlebells, you know, sometimes we'll do rope machines, sometimes we'll jump rope. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a short rest between a lot of swings. And again, I'm a meathead, just like DJ said. So, <laughs> um, you know, that, that day is, that day is, tough. Yeah. we squat that day. It's a, it's a mentally challenging day. We'll, we'll push plates. We'll push heavy prowlers. Uh, um, so you, you got, you got to get right. But, you know, I think before fall ball, I mean, we worked up to probably 40 yards of sprints, you know, and that, that sounds crazy to some people, but. You know, after fall ball, worked up to 60 or 70 yard sprints. So, you know, everything from what we're trying to do in the weight room is, you know, um, from type two fibers and the, you know, creatine phosphate energy system, like everything we're training for, I, I really don't run guys over six or eight seconds, you know? So, yep. and again, the biggest thing I think I've learned from the speed work and being with Connors at ECU and some pro guys, some base running guys are really good in the big leagues and, you know, I think it's the total volume that we shoot for, let's just say a day, you know, mm-hmm. 100 to 600 yards, depending on the time of the year. And then the total volume of that week will be 200, 1500. But, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt with that. When you see a kid, he's fatigued and he's not running as fast as he should, you just shut it down. And yeah. It takes, it takes a, it takes a, you know, a well-rounded coach to do that because yeah. you're like, oh, we got, we got 10, 30 yard sprints. We got to do them. Well, on eight, if they're terrible, shut it down because shut you're down. getting nothing out of it. <laughs> Um, so that's the biggest thing. And we can go lift again. You know, we can go lift. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, don't be afraid of who you are. You embrace it. Whatever, no matter what DJ says. Um, hey, I'm speaking the it. truth. Yeah. Speaking the truth. God. Um, DJ, when you look at that, that arena and you're talking conditioning yeah. and, and speed training and you can talk about the turf areas and things you're doing, open that yeah. up. What are kind of some of the things that you think are, are really key? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate where I was, I'm, I'm able to hire multiple coaches. So I have a full-time speed coach. Um, so he's, his name's Chris Adams. He's awesome. You should everybody follow him on Instagram. He puts out a bunch of really good info. Um, but you know, one thing going into our facility, de- or, you know, facility, uh, development design, whatever you want to call it was open area. So we just, you know, had turf and one, one area for movement. So, and the reason, like I said earlier, the reason why I use a 10 yard sprint is because of hip extension and also because we don't have 40 yards or 30 yards to use. You know right, what I mean? Right. So, um, you know, we, we want to push guys. We don't want to condition guys. We want to make guys faster, yep. essentially. Yep. Um, so we want to, you know, work on basic sprint mechanics at first. Whenever we get somebody, we explain to them first, like what going blank, what meathead Blaine said. Right. You got to get strong. You got to be strong. So you, you, if you don't have if you don't have mass to produce into the ground, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's so not a substitute for strength. Absolutely not. You can you can be point. you can do you can do a skips and a B skips and C skips and all those sexy things all you want. But if you don't have force production, you're not going to go anywhere. Um, so, you know, we want to focus on that's why we use the sled stuff. That's why we use um overload stuff so we have we, we test our 10 yards with just body weight and then we'll test them with a 10 percent increase of of weight and then 90 percent of the time the kids run faster just because they have that 10 percent extra on their body sure. uh, which is pretty crazy to see and we're using laser time so it's consistent you know consistency throughout the board so you know it just shows you right there our biggest thing is how does the weight room translate to sport 
and that is producing force. So we crush reverse lunges for that reason. We crush dumbbell step ups for that reason. Um, you know, so we want to focus, you know, we translate that. So we'll do a PAP stuff where we're hitting reverse lunges followed by bounce or something like that, mm-hmm. where guys are, you know, learning how to, you know, produce that force in the ground and express that force in the ground that they just learned in the reverse lunge. Um, uh, just on the, just on the speed side, um, you know, we'll do what Blaine said, same exact, exact same model, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, deceleration stuff, change direction stuff open field stuff so you know nothing nothing crazy on that just teaching everybody that joint play placement dictates muscle function right so if you're if your joint is malaligned you're not going to go anywhere if your joints you know if you have a valgus knee it's going to be a you know a it's going to be an injury and b you're not going to you're not going to produce maximal force so same thing in the hitting hitting motion same thing in the pitching motion you know everything needs to be stacked joints need to stay stacked um, if you try and stack a joint loaded, you're going to, you know, you're going to, it's a recipe for disaster. So first of all, you guys are crushing it. Second of all, um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few more questions and I think this one may be the most important. And you just, you just threw out a word that I think may, uh, most coaches may have missed. We need to valgus knee and, yep. and, and things, uh, understanding the scapular and how that looks on the back. And, and, and again, with throwing arm side and what it looks against glove side and, uh, basic body assessments. And again, I'm, I don't really have to yeah. the details of it, but you're talking about a basic body assessment of these guys. I, I got to promise you, and you guys know this lower level coaches, they, they may not even know how to do that or resources to get that done. And again, I go back to when you have lack of resources or lack of understanding, it's a, it's a blanket program in most mm-hmm. regards. So DJ, when you're looking at assessments, what were maybe some of the key, if you had to boil it down, the key central focuses that, that coaches should pay attention to? And then if I am a small college, a high school coach, man, how can I get this done? If I can't do it, how can I go get this done for I, my guys? Honestly, I would take a little bit out of your budget and have a you know strength guy or PT guy or somebody come in and just do an assessment for your athletes. Okay. Just, I mean, I, I you know, refer out. That's what, I, what we do sometimes if we can't fix things. You know, we're... We, we have a good network of surgeons and PTs and all that kind of stuff that we've had to build because we don't have that in-house. So, gotcha. um, you know, that's number one. Number two is just looking at how the athlete walks in the door. Hmm. Uh, you know, seeing how, you know, if they're, if they're right-handed thrower, if they're right, if they're right, you know, shoulders shrug down to the, down to the yeah. side, right? That's if they right. have a tilt, um, if their rib, if their rib cage is flared, if they're stuck in extension, um, if, you know, if they're, you know, if they're pronating when they walk or if they're, you know, just certain movements, how they walk in the door, literally. Um, and then you can just get them on the table, test basic internal, external, uh, hips and shoulders, uh, look at thoracic mobility through some basic, um, extensions and flexions and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, I'm just trying to make it so guys can get it yes. without, you know, yeah. um, and then, you know, have them do some dynamic stuff where, you know, take their shirt off and look at how their shoulder moves. If their trap is overactive, if their if their scap doesn't actually go up when they raise their arm up, um, you know, know know what that looks like. I posted something on Instagram a few days ago, just a super tutorial, super easy tutorial video on what scapular upper rotation looks like. I stole it from somebody. I have no idea who it was, but <laughs> um, <laughs> um, nice. yeah. Not, I'm not taking credit for it. I, I, re, I reposted, I believe. But, um, you know, just looking at basic, you know, static posture, dynamic posture, 
how they simply land. Landing is huge. How they how they can control their body when they land. Just step, have them step off the box, see where their joint placement <clears throat> is, look at their core stability, look at a basic push-up, look at a basic squat. If they can't do a basic squat or push-up, they have no right of throwing a baseball. Mm. So, you know, that just shows lack of core stability, lack of transfer, all that stuff we were uh, um, talking about earlier. And, you know, looking at those simple movements is going to be huge. God. Is there any meat on the bone there, Blaine? <laughs> any more else to add yeah, to it? You know, we look at the pull-up. We're, we're just like, DJ, we look at the pull-up, look at the push-up. You know, we do overhead squat here. and okay. um, Yeah, we, we do a lot from yeah. that from, you know, for the T-spine, hips, ankles. I mean, you can tell a lot from that and dorsiflexion. But, you know, one thing that's really helped me is, you know, I work with Wes Johnson here, and he is, like, he's the guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we'll sit there, we'll watch a guy throw, throw his pattern. You know, then me and him will bounce ideas off of, you know, maybe it's he's fine extension, maybe it's dorsiflexion, you know, certain things that we'll look on his force plate mound like, hey, there's not enough Z. Uh, maybe we work on dorsiflexion. Maybe he's got more force generating back on his kickback or, you know, or something like that. So that's one thing we look at, too. Sorry. We, you know, I forgot to mention is look at what the bait and scale. So, like, how hypermobile they are, elbow extension, wrist pronation, supination. That's yep. two things that are hugely miss in baseball um yeah. you know if you can't pronate your hand you're you're it's a recipe for shoulder issues yeah. um if you can't you know if they're super uh, extended hypermobile in the elbow work on some end range stability if they can't get to elbow extension you know more than likely it's a flexor mass or pronator teres issue um something going on in there um you know just looking at their neck looking at their shoulder looking at their wrists and their ankles sorry sorry to interrupt yeah. you Blaine. <laughs> no no it's 100 you know we you know, the trainer, he'll, he'll do internal, external rotation of shoulder, hip, and um, we have protocols on that and stuff like that. And then, you know, we have some guys who are talking about the sagging shoulder, which is interesting, uh, one of our freshmen. So, you know, there's things in the way where you take away from, like, maybe we don't trap bar deadlift him. Maybe we don't do carries hunting down by the side because the shoulder's already sagging. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's certain things that it's kind of a unique situation here at West. Like, I go to bullpens and I watch, you know. And then I'll bounce stuff off of him like, hey, um, he, maybe he's not loading up that back hip a little bit. Maybe we need him to sit back on the hill and he, he needs dorsi flexion. And kid figures out two weeks, his dealer's up four miles an hour. You know, so it's, it's – it's, and again, we're, we got the cream of the prop too. So, you know, these yeah. are like the best players in the country, which yeah. is really fun to work with. So, yeah. um, but again, and the kids trust us. So I'm like, hey, we need to put this in your warm-up because a warm-up – a daily warm-up is an assessment – of how you feel that day. <laughs> okay. So mm. when you do a lunge, when you, if you do like scat pushups at the beginning, that's just how you feel. And you should have feedback for your kids. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, coach, my hips kind of tight from that, from that lunge. And, and I think, okay, we'll, we'll make adjustments today. You know? So <laughs> that's really good. Now let's put on, let's both, all of us, let's put on a, a hat. That is, we don't have great facilities. Let's say we have a weight room, we have a couple racks, we have a couple uh, good sets of dumbbells, a couple benches to work with. We don't have a whole lot. Are you talking about push performance? I I, 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 love that. Maybe, yeah. No, I'm talking about like – because, again, this is where I go to. If if you're at Arkansas, dude, you got a weight room, you'll be fine. You got a full strength coach, you'll be just fine. But there's a a majority of our listeners, again, when you think about the ABCA in general – 40% 40% of our demographics, and we're talking 10,000 members around the world, live in that high school travel ball academy space. 
And so they they may not have a weight room at their school. And if they do, it, it's, it could be average at best. So I'm always cognizant of those guys. I think everyone else can figure it out. You get a coach, you got a budget, you figure it out. But I'm thinking about the youth, the high school guy, the small school college coach that doesn't have great facilities. Blaine, if you were in that boat, what would be some ways that you would creatively train your guys? What would you do to, to not live by the excuse that we just don't have a great weight room? Now, how could that guy approach training his guys even with limited budget bare bones facilities? Oh, yeah. I mean, one thing I think of, you know, if you could get to like a junkyard or something, is tire flips. There you go. You can actually you can actually go to a tire store and be like, hey, your old tires that you're not going to sell, they're really bare. We'll yeah. take them, you know. <laughs> so you can do tire flips. I, I, you know, in the past, in East Carolina, sometimes the budget wasn't going my way for things I wanted to do. So I would, you know, I would buy like, uh, I'd go get tires and put ropes around them and you, you do sprints and back pedals with that. So it's like a sled. Sure it is. Um, it's a poor man's sled. Scared. I love it. It's got, it's blue collar. It's mm-hmm. got integrity and stuff. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, carrying different objects, it could be crazy things, whatever. Uh, I, I like sledgehammer slams. I really do. I think it's a great cardio workout. It's old school. Yep. Uh, you slam those in the tires. I mean, you know, whatever you're going to do, it goes back to like, yeah, you know, we have a nice weight room. We, we have the best facilities in the land. But again, the things we're doing there is very basic. Okay? So we're mastering the squat. We're mastering the push-up. You know, we'll find a hill. We love hill sprints. We do hill sprints. You know, so there's certain things that you can just simple it down. But when you look at our program, we're actually doing very, very simple things. You know, we'll, we'll get in this like a, a volleyball court, like a sand volleyball court. Okay. And we'll, We'll play med ball, volleyball, and uh, we'll do agilities in there. We'll do sprints. Um, if you've never done sprints in the sand, uh, <laughs> you'll be taxed real quick. Like, <laughs> real real good lavender on you in about 15 minutes. So, <laughs> But, yeah, doing, you know, doing high knees to change the direction in the sand. I mean, you're going you're gonna to build up some, some strength in the legs. And if you have a stadium, doing lunges, doing sprints, um, that's huge. I mean, that, that's a good way to build hip strength that you don't even need a, a rack, you know? So Those are terrific ideas. Uh, DJ, what would you add? Again, this might be in your wheelhouse. What would you add? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we do a lot of crawling exercises, honestly. We do a lot of ground-based stuff. Okay. Um, you know, bear crawls, like slow controlled bear crawls, not like army bear crawls. Yep. Um, you know, inchworms, body weight stuff, some TRX work um bands you know bands are always you know good for band pull aparts uh you can tie a band to a rack and do rows if you don't have dumbbells you know um going back to what blaine said you know sledgehammer slams we use the crap out of those for conditioning um you know just taking a plate and putting it on the on the ground and pushing it you know act as a sled love Um, that yep yep Yep. you know we have sleds but we still do that (laughs) you know um (laughs) keeping it real you know yep exactly um you know just utilizing your body you know push-ups are in my in my eyes push-ups are king right it gets Mm. free scapular movements versus serratus versus core stability it's an active plank essentially right so you can do thousands of different variations of push-ups um you know so you know lunges uh goblet squats, dumbbell, you know, single arm squats, overhead squats, you know, basic, basic, basic movements are, are going to go way further than having a million dollar facility any day. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you know, you know what, if, if you have a team and you've never had them push plates, you need to do that at least one day in your career. That's, 
that that will change your life. <laughs> we'll learn a lot about your guys when you do that. Oh yeah, we uh, I have a, fu- I have a funny story. Real. I have a funny story about that. We had a we worked with this uh, travel ball team this summer. They hired us to train them, and they didn't have sleds, so we were in the gym at this high school. So we we went to a high school to train them, and they had to take their shirts off to push the sled or the weights in the uh, weight in the in the gym. And they all and took their shirts off, pushed, push, they were having a blast. They all took their, put their shirts back on, they had holes all in them. And the coach was like, uh, we need new shirts. So it literally ripped holes in them. It was, it was classic because they was like expecting me to pay for all of it. It was right. pretty funny. <laughs> so, no, that didn't, that didn't come with your fees, boys. We need, yeah. need to get your own shirts. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I, I tell you what, man, just based on that answer alone, it was really, uh, and again, we've referenced this show enough. This is episode 58 of our Call Some Clubhouse podcast. Zach Dagan from TCU, Nick White from Coastal. Um, the, a lot of the things that you guys have built upon in the creative ways to train. Go back and check that one out, guys, if you're paying attention. Last two questions I have for you guys. Again, just absolutely crushing it. DJ, start us off. When you think about this return to play and what true rehab looks like, okay, we, we know it's coming as coaches. I mean, it's – it, not, hardly any of us are going to make it through a season without somebody yeah. walking into some type of energy. So how do we manage that? What are some things that we can do to right. help that kid return back to the field? Yeah, I think the number one thing needs the kids or the athletes mind needs to flip from getting to the field to getting stronger. Okay. Right. Love it. So, you know, taking his goal number one to be getting stronger, he'll get back to the field faster mm-hmm. versus just hurrying up to get back to the field. He's just going to get injured. Again Got and it. again yep. and again and again. So flipping those role that those two goals where it's going to be get strong, get strong, you know, do the little things that's going to get you back mm-hmm. versus get back and then get strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yep. I, I think that's the number one thing where, you know, rushed, rushed rehab, rushed, you know, performance rehab. We we're, we're really good on that side where, you know, we talk about we're, we're, we're the rehab performers. We're, we're guys like a, a performance rehab specialist, I guess, mm. right? We're like eighty percent of our guys we get, honestly, are because of injuries, which sucks. But yeah. um, we built a good niche in baseball with that, right? So sure. you know, it's you know, so we're we're excited when we get that that twenty percent where you know we can just you know get after it and go to work. But you know, it, it's fun for me to look at why why is it happening, not not looking at all right, your shoulder hurts. Let's look at the shoulder. It's there's something else going on in the kinetic chain. Why, why is this happening? So, you know, that's something that we're, you know, we don't have the luxury of having ATCs on staff. We don't have the luxury of having all that stuff. So our, our entire staff needs to be diversified in, in some sort of ATC and some court sort of PT. You know, we send our coaches to, Mm. to different clinics. We send them to, you know, different places to learn. And, um, you know, just knowing basic functional anatomy is going to go a long way on, on the rehab side. That's it. Yeah. You're changing the mindset. Right yep, from the exactly. oh, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mindset instead of onset. Exactly. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. He actually saw what I was going to say. So <laughs> uh, yeah, focus, focusing on, <laughs> focusing on the why, 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 why did it happen? Right. And then yep. addressing that and then getting to the field versus getting to the field. That's the number one thing. That is so good. Uh, Blaine, how do you see it? How do you see the, the return to play and rehab process? Again, you do have an ATC there in-house. Right. So h- how are you helping them manage that? Yeah, so I'm 100% with the mindset. We, you know, we'll sit down, even if it's just a hamstring, we'll sit down with the doctors. We'll sit down with the, you know, whichever coach hitting or pitching or an ATC, and we figure out a plan. We, you know, 
we've got to start to build the foundation back. So we go back, you know, especially in ATC, we go back and assess, you know, what, what do we do? What can we change? What, what, what's the deal? That, that goes back to you're evolving every day. And if you're not, you're yeah. getting left way, way behind. Yeah. Even as a strength coach, you know, days are over. I'm going in there and screaming and yelling, which you guys probably think I do that because I'm the meathead, but <laughs> we do, we do have some science behind it. We are trying to develop these kids. So we'll yeah. sit down and try to figure out what's the best plan for them. But DJ hits, you know, hit it on the head on the nail. Like you got to, you got to change that mindset. They, yeah. They're too worried about getting back and playing. And am I going to be ready in two weeks to throw against, you know, Mississippi State or, you know, whatever. Like we need to figure out, we need to fix this issue now. So you're playing three months from now. <laughs> so that's it. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's draining to them, man. So you get, they're people too. Yeah, they're yes, an athlete, but no again, doubt. you know, they're family to you. So you got to take no. care of them. You got to treat them like a brother or sister, or, you know, whatever. You got their people too. So they, you have to take that in consideration. Man. So, fellas, so much information has been shared. If guys are paying attention to this and they do want to reach out to you, DJ, how, how could guys get in touch with you? Uh, best way is just to follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at DJ underscore Edwards9. Same thing on Twitter. Uh, same handle. And my email is DJ at pushperformanceco.com. There it is. Blaine, same thing? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter, strengthbk37. And then my email is rbkinsle at uark.edu. Okay, last question I got for you guys. And again, we always end our shows with this question. I think it's for you guys in your space. I'm excited to hear what you have to offer here. Um, DJ, start us off with this. And we're thinking about Two, two elements here. The best advice you've been given. Again, this is just like this is managing people. This is running a business. This is being a great strength and conditioning coach. Whatever you want it to be. Best advice. And then for any coach paying attention to this dude, what else are you offering? Empty your pockets for us. Best advice I've ever been given, huh? Yep. Oh, man. I think just being a good person, honestly, it. doing it doing it for the right thing. I mean, I, I, I fully believe in positive vibes. Blaine knows that, um, yeah. you know, my, oh, my yeah. thought on that, um, you know, I, I want, I want to help people do it for the right reason versus doing it for the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, sure. Once you put the money, once you put the money in front of why you're doing stuff, it, you're, you're, you lost. Um, mm. that's the biggest, you know, that's the biggest piece of advice I've, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've gotten, that was from, you know, multiple successful people of my doll. I have pretty good adult clientele that gives me, like I said earlier, it gives me advice. And, you know, every time I get a chance to ask them, that's one thing they always say is, you know, do it for the right reasons. Um, and then what was the other question? Sorry. (laughs) Just other advice, man. What what else do you have to offer guys? Um, I'm I'm not, I'm not very smart, so I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, very honest, but no, (laughs) I mean, just, I, I just seek out, you know, when you're going through a process of, of acquiring coaches, right? Yeah. You know, a pitching coach, a hitting coach, a strength coach, do they have the basic anatomy? Do they have the basic knowledge? Are they on the cutting edge? Are they old school? Are they, you know, what is their, what is their thought process? You know, interview them, you know, going through the recruiting process of schools, interview, always ask questions. Um, you know, a, for a coach, if a coach asks, if you have questions, always, always have a question in your pocket. That's a big thing for me. You know, you're, it's going to stand, you know, if a kid asks me a question, that kid's going to stand out versus a kid that didn't have a question. That's so right. that's a, uh, that's a big thing for me. I think that's a big, big thing. And then always, you know, just being respectful to, to the guys around you and, you know, being respectful to your competition as well. 
gosh, outstanding. Blaine, take us home, baby. Best advice and then other advice that you have, man. Spread the love here. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think I just hit on the topic, you know, at the end of the day, we're support staff, you know, and a strength coach or athletic trainer or a nutritionist, they have to understand that. So your, your job is to do whatever you can to help the team win supporting that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to stay in your lane on that. I, I think that's where a lot of strength coaches get out of, you know, out of the lane. You know, you, you're here to help them. You know, you're not, you're not here to. Make Too many egos. And, Too yeah. many egos in our industry. You got to drop the, you got to drop the ego and just. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the best advice I ever getting. Like, Hey, you do what you can to help the team win and it'll all pay off in the long run. Yeah. But you know, it, our biggest thing here, you know, we get the best kids in the country and they, they're here for three years and they're gone. We, we really want to develop them as good people, you know, when they leave here, you know, they're, they're great family people. They're great in the city. They're great. They, they do community service on their own. Like they're just really well-rounded good people when they leave here. And that, that's the biggest aspect that hits home to me, you know, whether you're, we're at a D2 or a little high school or, you know, at the University of Arkansas. When they leave here, they call you back five, ten years ago and say, I really appreciate what you did for me, man. No, you no. know, that's, that's big. Other advice, I guess, uh, this is something I've, I've always, it's always stuck to me. Even when I was in college, I had a coach tell me, it says, be a master of your unique. I just put coaching skill, skill mm. set in there. Mm. So find it, master it, and evolve it. Okay. That's a deep one, DJ. You like that one? Yeah, yeah. You 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 showed me up hardcore there, buddy. I do. I've had that for years. I've always you've been you've been having that in your pocket. You haven't shared that with me. Yeah, jerk. I have. Played it for the ABCA. That's it, baby. That's it. Oh, that's money in the bank. Say that one more time. All right. So, be a master of your unique coaching skill set. You find it, master it, and evolve it. What's that mean to you? You know, it's it's really a change over the years, but I, I want to find a niche of the team we have and do what I can to help them win. Wow, that's deep, huh? That is deep. That is really. Are you deep. ready? Are you ready to win a national championship? Because I am. I am right now. <laughs> that's it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna train remotely in Fayetteville, uh, and, and I'll do periodic weekend visits to Colorado to see DJ. There you go. Um, down. Gosh, gentlemen, I, I, again on behalf of our listeners and our and our members around the world. Thank you for the willingness to offer and be so transparent and really, again, embrace the spirit of what this podcast is about. This is how we help grow other coaches. This is us serving coaches around the world and having you two jump on here and be part of that has been an absolute honor to to really have a great conversation around a topic that most baseball coaches would tell you they need to get better at. So again, connecting with Blaine Kinsley from the University of Arkansas and DJ Edwards from Push Performance. Gentlemen, thanks for jumping on with us and we wish you the best of luck. We'll see you soon. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for dialing into our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast and connecting with these great coaches. If you're interested in more of these shows, check us out on iTunes, hit subscribe and dive right in, or head over to abca.org slash podcast and scroll through all of our episodes. A huge thanks again to the great folks over at AstroTurf for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking at doing any upgrades at your facility, head over to AstroTurf.com. That's AstroTurf.com and see why they've been ahead of the curve for almost 50 years. Now here at the American Baseball Coaches Association, we're here to serve coaches around the world. So let us know how we can help. Head over to our website, abca.org for more information. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at ABCA1945. You can find us on Facebook as well. 
And feel free to reach out to me directly at any time on Twitter at CoachSheets3 or by email Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at abca.org. We'd love to hear from our loyal members and continue to find ways to keep growing the game together. As always, coaches, thank you for listening in and staying dialed into our podcast. Until next week, we ask you keep growing, you keep developing, you keep challenging yourself inside this game. We wish you and your club the very best, and thank you for what you're doing for the game of baseball. Baseball.